Your favourite child should always sit in the middle. During a car crash, the back seats are up to 86% safer than the front seats, and the middle seat is another 25% safer than that. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I'm Rasmus. And I'm old. And I'm Jan. Now, didn't we agree you're going vintage? Or did you skip and go straight to antique? Vintage and I'm or antique? <laughs> oh, fuck you all. <laughs> you, you choose. Vintage, antique, yeah. uh, vintage plus plus, whatever. Yeah. Well, happy birthday tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Me, it was three days ago when this episode airs. Yes, if you, guys, if, you, if you guys are listening to this, you're going to have forgotten Red's birthday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how many Sunday members on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I will name every one of them in the next episode. All the people who forgot. Please do. All of them. Please do. Special <laughs> greetings to Steve at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but in, 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 other, in other news. Oh. Nice. That's really nice. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm giving my new mugs that I got from Haiti today a proper test run. Mm-hmm. And I also have tankards that needs to be tested as well later today. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a hard job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I, uh, because I want to hijack the conversation, because Red already talked too much about himself. Yeah. Uh, I finally got a shipment of uh, hand-thrown pottery stuff from Heidi that yeah. is branded with my merch that will be up on the web shop soon. Oh, nice. It, was not, it wasn't just like the one cup for you? No, it's 20 mugs and 12 tankards. Wow. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's really cool. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, it, they look good. She's really cool about it. And I mean, they are absolutely fantastic. And yeah. I, I, this is already my second cup of tea out of the cup today. Nice. Because I unpacked them. I took some pictures of the forge. Then I tried to do something proper. And I was like, no, I want to go home and drink out of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what I did. You did well. Yeah. What else did you do this week? Uh, I had my wait. Is this? Yeah. I'm just trying to remember what, which week we are at because for some reason things move fast. So uh, last Friday we celebrated my stepdad's 60th birthday mm-hmm. by having a party at the lighthouse. Nice. Off the coast of the south of Norway. Okay. Yeah. And then as soon as I had gathered the remnants of my broken mind, uh, I got myself to the mainland and went straight to work at a knife-making meetup and sort of showing off the grinders and all of that. Are we going to mention the goats or not really? No, I think the goats got mentioned enough on the (laughs) Maker's Waffle episode. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Which is also something we did. So my weekend was like party and work and work and then Maker's Waffle, which is just a, a, a catastrophe, an entertaining yeah. catastrophe. Yeah. The most beautiful train crash you can ever witness, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then work and week stuff and all of the good stuff. Oh, and also, so uh, summer is in Oslo now, officially. Yeah. Like, uh, it is stupid light all the time. And we are now, instead of having dance classes, we are now dancing by the fjord down by the harbor. That's nice. pretty cool. Yeah. How so it's you... another week till you are gonna, or till you're gonna be complaining about the hot weather. Yeah, 
No, I'm already complaining. It's miserable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's twelve or something, so it's it's dying. No, we. Well, it's more than that, but yes, I'm I am complaining about the weather because I have nothing better to do during this summer. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was thirty-six the other day here. Ah, fuck so, off! Just so you can complain. It hit. 30. You're literally living in hell. That's what you're telling me. In, yes. Yeah, it hit thirty today, here. So. Yeah, and it's only May. I can't even imagine what it's going to be. In no, July. actually, you're just you're living in the past. It's the first of June. Yeah, but it was yesterday. <laughs> the statistics. Like today was a little bit uh, cooler. It was only. Jan, Jan, don't don't bore him too much. He's still getting old. Yeah, I forget things. <laughs> Jan, what about you? How was your week? How's your ankle? Uh, my ankle's still well. There's some improvement. Still not good though. Um, week's been good. Weather's been fantastic. Um, I enjoyed it the whole week through the window of my office. Nice. <laughs> because all my colleagues are either sick at the moment or on vacation. Nice. So I've been doing like basically, yeah, just alone in the office. Except nice. my boss is back, which is not the biggest of helps because he got back from vacation and spent the last two days just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair yeah, sounds good. No, I'm some. I'm really. I there's not much I've done in the evening. Well, yesterday there was a fun story because um. So I started taking a bike uh, to work again. Oh, um, yeah. Um, because I just wanted like a little bit more fitness and stuff like that. And yes, I know it's an e-bike, but this is actually what keeps me fit, like even more fit. Um. So what happened was that uh, first of all, red is in the hangout twice now. Twice, yeah. I, I, I doubled myself. <laughs> um. I. That's not supposed to happen when you have a birthday? No. Uh, I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> now we have one frozen picture of Red. And he's back and still double. Okay. Um, so. No, the old one will disappear. Never mind that. Okay, never. Okay, mind that, apparently. I'm going to have so much fun edit, editing this. Oh, you're going to have a hell of a time. And the battery on going to yeah. have something to look at. Red, just it's okay, don't, Red. Don't worry about it. The old one will disappear eventually. Okay. Yeah. So um, I took the bike for the last week to work, the e-bike. And it turned out absolutely fantastic because doing that in the morning actually is fantastic. It's nice and cool and fun. And then you forget to take clothes with you to change. And then you have to ride back in the blistering sun and the heat. And Oh, yeah. Um, so... I finally got all prepared. It was the day before yesterday. Um, so changed clothes, everything with me. I start riding in the morning. I get about like three to four kilometers. And then and it's 13 kilometers to work. So I'm like right in the middle. And then my bike died. It just showed an arrow. The support went out. And I was able, like, and I could decide, like, do I want to do the rest of the like six or seven kilometers to work? And then I have to drive back in the blistering heat. Or do I turn around now? Um, I started working at 7, so I got up at 5.30. So oh. I turned around. I'm sorry, but didn't we have this conversation last year as well? Yeah, but last year it was raining. Not yeah, last oh. year it was raining. Yeah. This is, oh, okay. yes. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, they, yeah, they, they told me that they fixed the issue. And it, it hasn't been there. So, <laughs> yeah. So I basically pushed it. Yeah. No, I, I rode it back. Um, I had to take another shower because I was soaked. And then I took the car to work. And now I'm thinking about setting my bike on fire. Yeah. I think that's the only reasonable 
yeah. reasonable approach at this point. Uh, if I would be in France, it would be so easy. I could just park it on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. No, but I'm I'm pretty pissed about it because of course it's now happening in spring. Like I've been riding that bike for the last month on and off without without having any issues. And now that it's getting hot, I finally started getting the problem again. And no, I'm not too heavy for the bike. Actually, last weight it should work. Um, what, what didn't cross my mind? Oh yeah, of course. I I saw it in your face. No, the the thing that sucks is I was planning on doing some bike tours. We have another bank holiday coming up next week, and I also took back on Thursday, and I took Friday off, and I was really planning on taking the bike out for a nice long ride. And um, of course, there are you you can't get any appointments at the bike shops at the moment. Yeah. Like doesn't matter if it's yeah. warranty or whatever. Like everybody's bringing their bike in right now because hey, finally the summer's again or there's summer mm. again. Yeah, so that kind of sucks a little. Other than that, I'm fine. How about you guys? Red. Uh, busy week. Uh, I don't know to do uh, work. I had to fix my car. That's why you for your well, pleasure. <laughs> we're having the biggest session we were at the episode. <laughs> uh, my own was not working anymore, so I had, oh. I had to to search what was the problem. It was only a wire that was unplugged, so it was pretty pretty easy to fix, but it took a long time because yeah. it's in a strange place under pieces and parts and stuff. Uh, but and yeah. the car is French as well? And the guy on French and he's all... So it's actively uh, working against you to get repaired. Exactly. Mm. But yeah, when I was doing it, I, I was laying under the motor and, and trying to get that wire plugged in the the horn i was thinking of the two of you because i knew you would enjoy that um, <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh i also did a leather run uh, as i called it uh, yes you told me yeah, yeah meaning meaning uh driving from a little bit more than one hour into a small village lost in somewhere to buy leather because that's where my supplier is uh and i I found a lot of cool stuff that I bought. Uh, and then I tried another shop like two or 300 meters further down the road, uh, completely unknown to me. And it was half the price, but I had already spent all my money. So I was, <laughs> I was a little bit mad, uh, but I bought stuff anyway. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course yeah. That's what I do. Because uh, damn your economics. Yeah, exactly. No, but I needed I needed more leather that they they, they didn't have in the first shop. Okay. The previous yeah. one. So, uh, so I I bought a bench and I'm I'm ready to to keep on going with the the upcoming project, the one that I've been designing for the the past two or three weeks. I can finally uh, get to it and and start mm. making, uh, which is fine, fun and and cool, and I'm happy about that. Um, and yeah, I'd come. Small yeah. side question. Yeah. Uh, are you only buying leather or are you buying like pelts and skins and everything things? that I need? They have over there. So if like rabbits as well, like rabbit uh, pelts. Yeah, you have you have uh, any kind of um, hide pelt skin that you are allowed to sell and buy in France. You can find in their places. Wow. Ooh. So you can find snake, you can find galusha, which is a, the the ray skin that they use to wrap uh, the handles of katanas yeah. under the silk thing. Um, no, 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 it's 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 no, a no, can- kangaroo. 
No, no, no. You use, you use silk. Um, no, no. Can you get kangaroo skin? Oh, well? yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. They have they have full Damn. shelves of kangaroo skin. I would go broke so fast. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be able cheap. to use any of it. I just want to have it just in case. And then like that, exactly that that that's that's my problem over there. Yeah. Because I want to buy everything or at least one of each. <laughs> uh, and and it's a full warehouse full of stuff, so it's it's, it's it's a real problem because first I don't have the pl- the place the room to store everything here, plus it's uh, it's getting expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, just to go a little bit more into the details, I had to buy four uh, rolls of leather, um, chrome tan leather, so already colored. Uh, for around 50 bucks, which is kind of pretty cheap. And I bought two full sh- shoulders or like uh, cohide shoulders of vegetable tank uh, leather um, and one black. And it cost me around 200 euros. I just wanted to say, it's like cowhide crazy. is freakingly expensive, especially yeah, if it's yeah. the certified vegetable tan one. Exactly. that That's the most expensive thing because it, it's a very different way of processing the the, the leather um, but yeah it's it's the most expensive one because it's it all it whole also has to be uh, perfect if you if you want to so there's different grades of, of leather like the uh, a grade is the most expensive because the leather is perfect and you can have you know, yeah. cheaper leather if you have some some problem on the skin or holes or scars or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's still expensive. I, I spent 300 euros in like two hours, uh, but I'm happy because I have I have now stuff to to make other stuff. And it's cheap. and that's an investment. Exactly, that's yeah. an investment for the future. So I do I know the, that kind of runs like once or twice, like once every three months, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is was the first this year, so because I still had leather to work with, so. Yeah, that's that that's cool. And I also had the confirmation that I didn't uh, uh I, I I kind of was um how to how to say that uh in the right way. Um I couldn't have been a, a burglar. <laughs> 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 um yeah. I, I, <laughs> so long story short, there is there is a, a at the back of the the building there is a door that's been closed uh, for a year. I, I I never had the key since we moved in. Asked my wait, neighbors wait, if they had the key. You, your building now? My building, the, the place okay, where okay. I'm living, right? Yes. Uh, there is a, a, a door in the back. Uh, never had the key. Asked my neighbors if they had the key. The the door is supposed to be used to go directly in the street and, and throw away your trashies at the places where the trashies are thrown out. Um, so it's a kind of a shortcut. And we wanted to change the lock in order to, because I had the spare one with keys. And so it would have been like a quick, quick fix. Uh, I changed the lock, give a key to everyone and then problem solved. Uh, I spent two hours working on that damn door with my drill and, and drilling the hell out of the, the, the keyhole and the everything. And I completely destroyed it. Couldn't open the damn door. So yeah, I could have, I would have been a, a, a ridiculous burglar at this point. Have you tried, like, either angle grinder, 
or explosives. I think one of those always works. At the end, I uh, was that close to use explosive for sure. <laughs> then I got, I got a phone call from, from the, the person who was uh, taking care of the building, the, mm. the responsible to keep it. The, uh, and she told me, uh, did you manage to open the door? I said, no. I said, stop everything. I'll send you a guy tomorrow. It will be free. He will put a new lock. Don't worry about that. So, yeah. And this morning, the guy came. In like five minutes, it was done. So I was <laughs> super mad at him and at myself. <laughs> did, did he laugh at your work? or? Uh, work? No, but uh, he could have. He could have. He, yeah, he, he okay. told me, oh, you're the, you're the one who tried yesterday? I was yeah, I, I, I screwed up for you. And he was like, yes, you, you see where you drilled? You have to drill a little bit lower than that. You know, destroy the lock and be able to change. Oh, okay, so question: uh, mm -hmm. You aimed for the thickest part of the keyhole or the, the thickest yeah. part? Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, days, uh, uh, days. The two... wrong part. The answer is the wrong part. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you have the you have the the part where you insert your key, and yeah. then you can drill at two places below that. So it's the secure part mm. of the keyhole, right? If you drill just below the place where you insert your key, you will destroy the little fingers that, that uh, are going so up. Tumblers, they're called. Yeah. Uh, if you do that properly, it should you should be able to uh, spin the, 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 the lock, spin the key, yeah. and open the thing. It didn't work for me. I, Probably because the, the door was not open for the last, had never been open for the last 20 years. And I wonder how many of our listeners are sitting there with a notepad. Oh, yeah, do continue. <laughs> <laughs> so the trick apparently is, uh, going to the guy that I saw this morning, is to drill just below that point, so the lowest point in the keyhole, in order to destroy the screw that holds the, 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 the thingy, the barrels, uh, as we yeah. call it in France. Uh, inside the door, and so after that, you smack it with a, a hammer. It oh. goes away, and you can do whatever you want with the door. Yeah, that that sounds like it should work. Yeah, sure. so don't try it. At, don't try it at home because it's it's illegal. So we we are just unless like, it's your itching. door. Yeah, unless it's your door. Yeah, exactly. and if you really want to break in somewhere, <laughs> you're just gonna call the like the um, how do you call it the key service with the worst reviews on Google, yeah. and just mention that you can get into your room. I mean, you yeah. have to pay them, but they basically open any door for you. Yeah, but five hundred bucks. That's the reason why I volunteered to do it because it was like it's it's between three and five hundred yeah. to change. It's really change expensive. That kind of stuff. So it was too expensive, and I had a spare barrels then with keto. So yeah, I'm gonna do it. And fuck it, I could. Yeah, but how much time did you spend on this? Uh, around two hours. Yeah, I mean, granted. Uh, for saving 500 bucks, maybe not a bad exchange. No, but it... But you, we both know you should spend your time doing other things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's and it's not your personal <laughs> account is paying. It's the building, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's the money of the building. So that's okay. But it was kind of funny because at some point I had to go on the other side of the building, so which is in the street, and drilling the door. And the people were passing by, by foot or by car, giving... Weird looks at me like, what the yeah. fuck is he doing? Is he breaking into the building I mean, at, in the middle of the afternoon? It must be freaking what, stupid. What were you wearing though? Did you wear a high waist vest? Uh, no, I was. I would t-shirt my my. Yeah, that's your problem. My hat. Yeah, yeah. All like, if you want to hide, <laughs> always wear something that really stands out. Yeah, yeah. And next time, and preferably carry a ladder. That will get you in anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, you, you just just the, the the linen sack like right next to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was kind of hoping that the cops will <laughs> comes by and goes by and drive through the because it would have been a very interesting discussion to have with them. Like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? You're trying to break and enter this building in the middle of the room? No, no, it's my house. Prove it. Do you have an ID? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's been my week. I need it's to been... get in here. The quest marker is showing me that I have to be in here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, go back. Nice. Oh, you should. So, yeah, that, that would be hilarious. Just have always have like one spare with some double sided tape or something and just stick it on somewhere and just like, hey, I need to get here. <laughs> I have a spare one, actually. When, just, yeah, uh, yeah. When when the cops just, come, it's yeah. just like I I don't right. get why I can't open it. Like I have a <laughs> I have a lock picking skill. <laughs> <laughs> you know when I, <laughs> I I I went to fetch the kid at school today, and when we came back, he he saw me working on the door yesterday. So when we came back, he saw the new rock and the new door and everything. He was like, "Oh, did you do that?" It was no, it was not me. It was the guy taking care of the building. We who sent someone and, and, and they managed to change it. And he was like, so the your lock picking skills are, are fucked. <laughs> now he knows Karim, he knows you have to pick locks. And he was making fun of me for not being able to do it. So that's yeah. a good kid. Yeah, yeah he's a, he's the best. You have to start worrying when he comes in and he puts a basket over your head. Then he knows he's gonna, gonna go for something valuable. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't, but don't teach that trick. Um, Red, what I remembered actually when you said that you did the leather run, uh, we talked about it last week, but I completely forgot to mention it. Um, mm -hmm. I've actually been doing some leather work over the weekend. Yeah, I was able to do that. I completely forgot about it, but I was heavily prototyping and, or you could say, finally exiting the prototyping stage of the nice. camera straps I'm making. Yeah, very cool. So, so you're happy with the result uh, and 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 the method. I am okay with the result it is right now. There's uh, still some things I would like to improve. Some will improve by practicing it. I already mm -hmm. know that. Um, mm -hmm. And the other one is um, I ordered some more tools to try them out. But just yeah. the way it is at the moment is actually good enough to sell it. Everything okay. else would be nice. a plus, but also it adds a ton, a lot of more work. Like it's basically the um, beveling. The, yeah. the um, cutting the bevels on the outside mm -hmm. of the leather. And this yeah. adds a whole lot more work for just a small increase because it still mm. looks fine without doing it. Yeah, but the beveling the edges on a piece of leather is the, the, the real difference between something okay and something really looking. And that's why good. I want to do it. Um, yeah. I've, and but also it's tedious work. It takes a lot of time uh, and also a lot of practice. Yes. Plus, when you've done, uh, you're done beveling the edges. Usually, you have to burnish them, so it, it adds another steps. But I do uh, burnish. Okay. I already you do, do burnish? that okay. Yeah. So yeah. this is would really just uh, because I like it, like the way that the leather just seals up, like yeah. gets really hard on the edges. I really like that about it. It gives mm -hmm. it a much more sturdy look. Um, I found out I had the wrong tools. Okay. Uh, the the beveling, what I use for cutting the bevels, yeah, is bevel. for actually a two millimeter piece of leather, not one point two. Yeah. So this okay. is why it was catching all the time because it was yeah. too big and <clears throat> taking okay. off too much of the leather. So yeah. I hope the new one I ordered will work that out. Okay. Did you did you order the one that I sent you the link of? Yeah, they don't sell. Uh, they don't ship to Germany. But I found oh, the identical okay. one. Okay. With, I think the 
the name was, I don't know, it's like six letters and five of them were the same. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the same copies. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Exactly. No, so this this was, um, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, a a cool. feel of accomplishment. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's cool. One, How, uh, one more like little you, step. But you're about to put them up on Etsy or... I don't have an Etsy store yet. Um, I've been contemplating like in which way I want to proceed with it. And I thought instead of always overthinking stuff and just um, like working on more designs and stuff like that, I have to build up a stock. I just have to start producing them. And I want to have a certain amount that I have on the side. And then I'm going to do... I don't know what I'm going to do next. If it's going to be the pictures, if I'm going to prepare the Etsy store, probably pictures first, description, um, and then I'm just going to open up. It's probably going to be an Etsy store. I'm going to talk yeah. to a couple of people because I really want to like go back and forth on, like I have a little bit of input because I've never sold anything on Etsy. I never bought anything on Etsy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. All the things to remember on Etsy is that they take, I think, nearly 15% commission. Yeah. yeah, but I heard yeah. from what it comes to like e-commerce stores, they're not that bad compared to other ones. No, no, it's it's just something you need to remember when you are setting your price that you need to up yeah. it a fair bit to yeah. account for the cut that Etsy is going to take. Yeah. Uh, in in addition to that, if you have friends that wants to buy them, uh, it could also be a really good idea to ask if them they order through Etsy mm-hmm. to get some traffic going and sort of tell Etsy that this is a product that they're selling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then Etsy will try to push it through their offsite ads. Ah, and it's okay. through the offsite ads idea. that I'm selling a lot of the, the templates for uh-huh. the roses I'm making. Because this uh-huh. is actually a good idea because I do have friends that already said they're going to like get one. And yeah. And, I and just like, given add, add them on there at a lower cost, sort of as a nice price for your friends. And then oh, yeah. Or, I, or I'm just going to swallow the, the cost. Like they're going to buy it for regular yeah. and I'm just going to give them some money back. Doesn't matter. Okay, yeah, that, whatever you figure out. Yeah, it, I, I think it's just really handy to get the traffic going on Etsy mm-hmm. as early as possible. But at the same time, uh, I don't think you need to wait to have everything done perfectly before you start going on Etsy, uh-huh. because as you get on Etsy, you learn and realize a few things, and you start tweaking things anyway, and you probably feel like you have to redo a couple of things down the line, no uh-huh. matter what. I think what it comes down to what I'm I'm really bad at like we talked about it last time like doing everything yourself I'm going to need some good product pictures. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because like photography is my hobby and I love mm-hmm. to photograph things then I'm not a photographer for products. Yeah, I mean, that's the same for me. I, I really enjoy it, uh, but I don't feel like I'm good at it. Yeah. Or at least I haven't, I don't feel like I have become as good as I feel like I should be, but I also haven't taken the time to educate myself proper and build a really nice setup mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, of course, oh, it's, it's like you can't hold yourself back and not, this is what I'm thinking, I can't hold myself back and not sell stuff because yeah. I don't feel like somebody else has like they are not the most perfect pictures. So I am going to make pictures by myself. I'm going to set them online and maybe I'm not going to sell that much. And then I'm going to replace the pictures. If I get the money to either pay someone or I find someone that shoots the pictures, or I take the time for a weekend and manage to make some nicer ones. Uh Yeah. That's just something 
I have to take I've been, a look at that. I've been thinking a lot about that myself. And um, it's one of the things where like, I really, really would like to and could pay for someone to take really good product pictures of what I have. The problem is I have a hell of a ton of different products mm -hmm. and I keep changing and adding things to the product line, mm -hmm. which means that for me, it feels like it would be a better investment and make the, um, the distance between a finished product and a sale on the web or it being on the website a hell of a lot shorter if I learn to do the product pictures good and have a good setup for it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of having to pay someone every, every so often to come and do the pictures so that they are consistent in their style, maybe. Yeah. But then I also need, then it will be a sort of a bigger distance, at least in my mind, because I need to organize with them. I need to wait for them to come. I need to wait for them to edit the pictures. And maybe I'll hold on to all of that and, or hang back doing all of that because, oh, let me try to get a more batch of different products out so on and so forth to sort of saving money and all of that. Do you, you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my question though is, do, do you know what kind of uh, pictures you want? The, the, the style that you want? Because setting up a place you know, to make the pictures that you need for your products once you have decided on the style is really cheap and really quick. Yeah. Uh, and I, I honestly, I don't really know. I have a few pictures that I've taken over the years that I really, really like, mm -hmm. but either are kind of wrong in the angle or the lighting or something, but they are like, they're really good. There's a good like moment of time with the product. Okay. But I don't feel like that's a really, really good product picture <clears throat> or it, it, I have changed the, the product so much. It doesn't represent what it was back then. Mm -hmm. uh, what it is now compared to what, what it was back then. Not major things, not things that actually like, I feel like absolutely ruins it, mm -hmm. but enough to make me think like, I, I would like a new updated good picture of this. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It's oh, a, and also depends on how you want to portray your wares because you can, yeah. you can, I mean, if you have a forge or you have an old building or like a nice background, you can take all the products and just put it in front of them and make the pictures. Or you can go the really professional route and have someone that actually shoots the pictures in like a studio where they, for example, if you have tableware, they're going to set up a table and photograph it. This yeah. is something I'm thinking about because um, it's easy, like coiling it up, taking a nice camera and just placing it. But the pictures pop completely different if they are in different environments. And if they're uh, like they're presented professionally. Yes. And if you, if they're lit professionally, if the picture's made is like Photoshop, does a whole lot. Mm. Just, yeah. and I'm not talking about changing the image, but just making it more pop or just putting mm. the emphasis on the product. Yeah. Um, because I've seen so many that made absolutely great pictures, like from a lot of products, but you could tell that pe uh, the person was an amateur because um, the actual product was going under in the picture. You were looking at the picture, you thought it was a great picture, but the, the product was not that what was popping. It was like yeah, either the yeah. person holding it or the, the surroundings. You're like, oh, that's that that's a nice plate. And it's like, oh, the guy's selling the fork. I didn't even see that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This is just as an example for something. I mean, so, yeah. you're right, because I, I don't think that you should have 
people presenting objects that you you sell. I mean, it it doesn't sell me the product when someone is holding something. Because, because I, I mm. can't imagine me using it, or it, it's like, oh, he's, he's doing it that way, or you associate the person showing the product to the product, and for me, it's something that, that I, I don't really like. It, it depends on um, what, what you're selling. For example, a camera strap, uh, it's nice to see it on a person, because if you just see it rolled up with the camera, you think, oh, this design is nice, yeah. but how long is it? If this says one meter, you, you're looking at it, and you're uh, going you're like... Right. Uh, I don't know, but if you have a person and then you have in the picture, it's like this person is one meter and 60 centimeters or like five, seven or something like that. Mm. Then you have, you automatically know, oh, this is my size, this is the person's size, so this is going to look like this. That's so, a good point. That's actually a good point, yeah. And then this is basically with everything you carry, like even a wallet. You can make <clears> the nicest wallet and you know how the wallet looks and you know how the wallet feels in your hand, but for a person mm. looking at it, just seeing it on a table... They don't know how big it is, how it, like how the feel is, how it looks in contrast to other things. So I think there's. Yeah. A... I mean, um, Etsy it actually is doing fairly well in that aspect because it gives you some quick advice on what kind of product pictures you should take or upload. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, something that shows the scale, something that shows details, and something that shows it being used. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm like, I didn't if, know if that. Have, I, like, I have uh, not. I have not signed into um, Etsy yet. Yeah, I mean, they, they give you a small guidelines and help like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a big psychological thing that if you have too many pictures of something, uh, it will lose its novelty to people looking at it. Mm-hmm. And it will not seem as rare anymore. And then people are less inclined to buy it. So having few but really good pictures are a lot better than having many pictures that are might be even equally good, but it, too many of them sort of overwhelms people looking at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is actually something I already thought about. Like I want to do basically three pictures. One yeah. chest to strap, the second one attached to a camera, the third one um, from a person being carried. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that would be yeah. good. Yeah. And then plus minus whatever sort of custom branding you wanted or... A customization you wanted to offer people and maybe some suggestions of how that would go on it as well mm-hmm. but like each picture should like do a specific job in help describe the, what the product is to a customer that had never held it before never seen it in real life ba- baby steps first i need the products yeah yeah <laughs> we have to start somewhere that. which is uh, kind of a Segway? Segway? We could go so smoothly. Oh, I know, Ras, and I've been, like, you've been basically smiling the whole time. It's like, yes, we did. (laughs) We did it perfectly. Good job, Brad. And then the arm goes like, I need to point it out. We did a thing. We're talking about the topic. Yay. Uh, But yeah, no, uh, it was kind of my mind after last week's episode. Uh, Basically just thinking that there's a lot more to think about where we left off last time in I guess mostly for Red and how you view your business mm-hmm. because you mentioned to me I'm not sure if that was in the episode last week but you mentioned to me that you feel like you should be doing markets yeah kind of yeah I I, I, I definitely think I should be doing it um, I also that I don't want to do it now um, yeah, because you live in France because yeah, there's many reasons. <laughs> one, one is because I live in France, so yeah. and and for having 
um, seen markets, how yeah. it goes, and and different places, and also like medieval fair, Renaissance fairs, and all of that. Uh, you have to constantly keep an eye on the things that you are selling because there is a lot of people that are that stealing your stuff because it's false. Um, and and that's I, it's kind of really annoying to spend a lot of time making something and just be paranoid about it. Like, oh, I just have to put five on a shelf and stay next to the shelf because otherwise people are going to steal it or hurt themselves or whatever. So that that's one of the reasons. Being doing markets in France is kind of of annoying, also because not only because people are stealing stuff uh, on the market, but also because of the behavior that they have. And more, from what I've seen on Renaissance fairs and, and medieval fairs, they come and see the products, enjoy touching it and seeing it, and having fun with it. And oh, it's really nice. I would I would totally buy it, but they never do. Because that's not the, the, the point. They are not coming to the Renaissance Fair or Medieval Fair you know, to buy stuff. Some of them are. But most of the people are just having a walk during the weekend, enjoying the show, and the people are, are very into that kind of stuff. They are mainly cosplayers who do their stuff themselves. So they don't, yeah. don't really buy stuff like that. Unless you're a blacksmith or you're selling food, uh, whatever leather items don't, don't sell that much, right? So that's I mean, one I of mean you're selling that, saying that, but you have never actually gone to a market yet or done a market yet, not as a seller, no, not as a seller, but as, as a customer, yeah, many mm-hmm. times, yeah. Uh, but but I, I went to many places last summer in order to observe what was going on. On, on both sides because I, I wanted to to go to market so I had to study the, the thing yeah um, so that's what I came I came up with that was my conclusion another reason is that markets are taking place on Saturdays and Sundays uh, Saturdays the wife is working and I don't want to put on my kids shoulder the fact of going somewhere far away for all day or for all weekend, you know, to just stand in a booth mm. trying to sell stuff to people. That's not the kind of life I want to give him. So that's this definitely something that I would do and probably will do at some point, but on my own. Even though I know that I would need help from someone, you know, to set up the booth, um, sell stuff, keep an eye on the things that I'm, I'm selling, yeah. Yeah. Everything. So, yeah, that's something I'm considering but I really need to get organized, get get the motivation or the organization needed in order to to do that. Uh, yeah, um, I I I don't think there's a point in doing a market if you're not already having products on the shelf ready to sell. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, because at, at the moment, I think you only do commission work. You don't really do batch work. To I'm sell on starting. the website. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm starting. I've, I've, that was all also a reason for me to do this laser run this week. Mm. Was to have more, more laser or enough laser to do, to start production yes. of some of the products that I I will be selling or I'm already selling or will be at some point. Maybe we'll be attempting to try to sell things. Yes. Words. Mm. Yeah. That mm. too. Um. Then the next question, I guess, kind of, it why it doesn't sound like you want to do markets at all. Yeah, I feel that it's 
kind of something that is required for people like me in order to sell stuff or to get your name and product out there like to 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 be known enough uh you know to sell some of the products the socials are, are probably not enough because there is so many people doing it there's so much competition and some of the socials are kind of dying like quick example last week i published a video about the giveaway the 75k yeah. giveaway mm-hmm. The numbers are just ridiculous. I, I got less than a thousand, a thousand views. Like it's mm. about 100, uh, 500, sorry. Uh, less than 100 comments. So amongst the 75... Some very happy bots though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Sorry for that. If you have left a comment on, on the video and the channel and you got a, a, a comment from me uh, saying, hey, let's chat or send me a text or whatever. It was not me. It was a... Telegram, but and fuck them. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, amongst the seventy-five thousand hundred uh, subscribers that I have, less than five hundred have watched the video, and less than a hundred wanted to enter the giveaway. And I thought the gift was pretty cool. It's a laser engraver. It's a free laser engraver, and, and if you're a maker, it's it's probably not the not the best one on the market, but it's a free tool. Mm. So yeah, yeah, our ca- kind of surprised and i might have to go back and enter. <laughs> <laughs> kind of surprised and also disappointed that's so i the, the yeah the, the the answer to that video or like like the the numbers were were so disappointing um so i think um being a maker selling stuff on the social is kind of hard because again yeah. so many people doing it and competition and even on etsy and etsy used to be a platform where people were selling unmade stuff only and now it, it changed a lot yeah uh, etsy has changed a whole lot but i think you I, I have a counterpoint yeah and that is yes there's a hell of a lot more people on all the social medias Mm-hmm. trying to sell stuff. But I would argue there is nearly an equal amount of new people just consuming content. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true you well. probably just yeah. don't haven't reached all the new guys yet because you haven't been active. That's, that's true as well, yeah. That's true. Also, and this is um, the, the plus and con of the market, what you said. It's like not going want to go to a market. Uh, there's still people out there that want to feel something and see it in their eye, like hold it first before mm. they buy it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's one of the reasons I need to go to that kind of, of places and show the products what I do to show how good or bad it is made, done. Plus, I think that a lot of people going to that kind of fair markets are into guilds. They are they are cosplayers, they are reenactors, they are, they are doing that for fun every single weekend. And if I can reach them in some way, and the word the words uh, is spread that oh, there is one that one guy who makes cool stuff and sell them, and you should contact him. I can get more custom orders that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just put synergies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I know I know I I need to go there and do that. Uh, well, no, no. Uh, I would argue no. Okay. Why? you're telling me you need to make more money mm-hmm. and you hope that 
the markets will be the magic pill that will solve this for you. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think it's it will be the, the magic pill at all. I know it's going to cost me a lot of money and before making money in a market, because we, we've yeah. talked about, earlier about mm. that, I know that uh, it, it, it's going to take time and, and, and I will have to go to many markets before I can even probably sell one, the first item. Uh, no, but you need to go to a lot of markets <clears throat> before you figure out whether markets are working for you or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. One side of it is people need to be accustomed to you showing up. Mm-hmm. You need to build trust at this market, especially going to the same ones year over year, mm-hmm. so that people recognize you and say, oh, yes, now I want one. I forgot to buy one last year. Yeah. Or I was thinking a month afterwards, oh, it would be a perfect gift for someone. Yeah. I hear that a lot. Also, um, Red, you said you, you've seen a lot of guys selling leather equipment. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, just, just people, the, um, have you thought about like, are they the same wares you would offer? Yeah, that's a good question. Can you say that again? Um, are those the same wares you would author, uh, like, um, offer to the customers? Like basically, um, if I think about medieval markets, there's usually mm-hmm. like three leather stands, and all of them sell like the the leather arm braces and mm-hmm. the the needle with the like hair holder, and yeah, yeah. it's basically the same product in every single booth. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. this something you would wanna or like also wanna do, or is this no. you do something completely different? I would I would try to do something different because when I went to those markets and and kind of studied what they were selling and and which one were Setting, mm-hmm. um, I saw that it was leather bracelets, uh, like hair pins or j- j- the thing that mm. you just described, uh, the vambrace, uh, some books, covers. The problem was none of them were handmade, yeah. Okay, it was all, or uh, at least, uh, from the I, I've seen mainly four sellers and only one one doing was doing everything by hand mm-hmm. mm. you can you could clearly see that the the grimoires the big books with yeah. magic spells inside of them that were sold on the first booth were exactly the same that you can find on the other booths at the other end of the market sold mm-hmm. by a different guy and it was the same shit made by a machine mm-hmm. So you're like, nah, I don't want to buy that. I mean, if you if you have the feel for leather and and you can um, exercise your eyes, you can make the difference between something made by hand and made by mach- made by machine. There is nothing wrong buying cheap stuff made by a machine when you are a cosplayer because your budget is very small and you want the thing anyway. So perfect, that's great. What I would try to do myself on a market would be selling the stuff that I would like to buy but can't find on the booth of the, the people already. Yeah, that, that's a good way of doing it. That's, that's a good point. And also, I mean, you are a teacher. You love mm-hmm. teaching people how yeah. to do leather stuff. You have the laser. You're coming up with your own designs. Did you ever think about making sets for people to buy, to build it at home, like an instruction <clears> manual, <throat> like, le- like easy beginner mm. leather working stuff where it's like, oh, this is a great present. Instead of getting a leather bracelet, I'm just going to get him that thing to, where he can build his own one. I mean, shouldn't yeah. be one where you need like 20 tools to to make it, but mm-hmm. I bet you have enough, like, like um, what would be an example? Key holder, stuff like that. Yeah. 
where yeah, like, yeah, all I, you basically need is it, a yeah. hammer to like punch it or you would take a wallet and said it's like well this one is already the pattern cut out and all you do is mm-hmm. so part one to part b and on the back side with your laser you engrave no 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 shut up you part you're so part one to part two and part a to part b fuck off exactly <laughs> a to a b to what <laughs> no but like this is something i'm i actually thought about this is something mm-hmm. i would love to see and i've never seen at a market yeah that, i think that would be I mean, uh, that goes to you say, saying a lot of cosplay people and LARPers show up to mm-hmm. these markets. Yeah. Good. Sell to them. Sell them exactly what they want. Something yeah. that they can customize and make their own and do themselves, but they don't have to think too hard. And it's easy. Yeah. And cut a deal yeah, either. And, and cut a deal with somebody that sells leather goods and just give like wax polish and stuff like that. Like sell the stuff they need to like mm-hmm. get the stuff or keep the stuff nice. Especially if you're selling high-priced, um, like to-order stuff, yeah, um, or like more expensive leather stuff, it's like. And if you want to keep it clean, here's the stuff you're gonna need for it. Like this is beeswax, perfectly it would mm. be locally, but it could be from anywhere. Uh-huh. And just is like, um, yeah, this is the stuff to keep everything I have, nice. I have thought about making kits uh, and selling them, but the, but not yet selling them on market. That that's actually new ideas that's very interesting yeah i i would argue uh at least in the beginning now whatever you're going to sell should be the same on your website as you take to the markets yeah don't overcomplicate it yeah uh but if you can make a variation of products that you know will sell a lot better at markets mm-hmm. because it's something about the tactile feel of it that really appeals to people Mm-hmm. Then, then yeah, make that change and bring those to markets. Yeah. But don't like have one web shop and one market shop <laughs> that are completely different. That just yeah, overcomplicates no. it. Yeah, of course. Talking about uh, websites, um, I will have to renew my uh, the name, like buy it again for two years or three years. Um, do you think it would be smart to change it or? Uh, because I, I always had to do it like the red smith. You you hear the name, it doesn't speak shit about uh, what I'm doing. Yeah, okay. I have thoughts on that. One is with you going to local markets, having a website in French probably mm-hmm. would do you really good. Mm-hmm. Instead of having a website for you as a YouTuber, which is in English. Okay. That being said, you could probably host everything on the same domain that you currently have but have a french domain that points to your french sub page yeah does that make but, sense yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i got it but do you think that the the name of the website should be more explicit like not, not yes make it kinky <laughs> <laughs> the red red smith <laughs> no, you, you just you just do Redsmith as the the web page, and then on the title it says red, um, like I don't know, Leatherworks or something like that. If you want to really be specific about what you do on it, yeah, uh, you mean uh-huh. your uh, your brand is the Redsmith. Well, how like long the, uh, how I, long has this page been up? Sorry to interrupt. I don't know, a few years. Because this is already stuff on Google you build up for search yeah. terms. Oh no, you, you, I, I, you, you, my, but you're throwing my, that away, like everything in the background. <clears throat> Yeah, that's true. But the the referencement of the the website is not that great. 
And I suck at it. I I never really took the time to to do it properly. No, but um, age, like you can you can get better at SEO mm. and put more search words in, or basically file a little bit on that, or at least get help from people that can do it. But yeah. um, and this is only um, not a deep knowledge that I have of it. But what I was yeah. told is that the age of the homepage also plays a big part of it. So even okay. though it's not visited a lot the page has been existing for a long time. So making mm -hmm. that one more yeah, you, attractive you for people to visit, it's already boosts. This, at least okay. that's my understanding. Yeah, you, you are considered to be, quote-unquote, more trustworthy that the whole your web page yeah. has existed. Okay. That's uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, so um, keeping your main domain in that sense could be a really good idea. Also, do you want to separate the, the Redsmith maker from the Redsmith letter worker? No, not really. I mean, no, that, then don't. Yeah. Um, what would make sense to sell locally would have to have a, a French website. Like, people in markets could just search for, I don't know, uh, the, the weird guy making stuff and selling them on the market. And it's all leather and it's black and red. That's a really long domain. Even that's, French, that's a long one. That's a long one, but easy to remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but yes, uh, probably not a good idea. What you can do is you can buy a French domain mm -hmm. that points to your own web page, and that should yeah. keep the ranking of your old web page as well, I believe. That was my thinking, yeah. Because to, to... So I have uh, lewinsmeer.no, which mm -hmm. is the business name, but I also have RasmusLewin.no that points to the same web page. Okay. As an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want to know a dirty, dirty trick that works yeah. with online stores? Always. Um, what I was talking about, reselling the leather um, stuff or the um, getting a product. Search mm -hmm. for a product that is not too expensive, that every, like everyone uses working with leather mm -hmm. or like well-known. Um, find a supplier for it, resell it on your store, and you barely make any money of it, like you sell it cheap, like mm -hmm. a little bit under the normal market value. Because mm -hmm. people that are searching for that product will be forwarded to your web store where you're selling it. This is how every web store works, though. Yes, like they have yeah. that one product that is miraculously cheaper than anything else. Yeah, it, it's called a lost lead. You mm. just to get people into your shop, basically, and it doesn't have. And be you almost aim to lose money on it yeah. just because mm. you know people will spend more when they're there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, not sure I would recommend it. At least not until you have other things ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Good variety. Yeah, of course. No, this is in combination. I mean, yeah. I uh, something I've I've been considering as well is making my own products and making my own tools because I I, I gave it a try. Uh, a few months back when I, mm -hmm. I made skiving knives for leather. Yeah. And oh, you should, because they're freaking phenomenal. Thank you. Um, and I, but I actually sold all, uh, all of them. I, I yeah. kept one for me and, and, and do that. My, it's, it's going to be, I don't want, uh, I didn't want to say it here because it's now it's going to be public and kind of official, but my... Nobody listens. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, unless they are in Iceland, because they have nothing to do. Uh, hello to all the people listening in Iceland and, and everywhere. And um, Hungary? Is that and Hungary, yeah. Well? Yes. yeah. If, you, if you are in Iceland, Hungary, uh, and, and you don't know us personally, and you're listening to that, thank you. 
No, what yes. the fuck are you doing with your life? <laughs> that, that too. That, thank you. Um, no, but one of my... I, I told you guys, I, mm. I think uh, one of my dream, quote-unquote dream, would be to have my own uh, tour brand. Like, Red Smith would become like a brand of leatherworking yeah. tools. That, mm. That's one of my, my goals in life. I'm not sure that. I will... Yeah, but I I, 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 I I don't know how feasible it is because I want really good what, quality who, tools. Yeah, but who would make better leather tools than you? You are a leather worker and a blacksmith. There's not many people <clears> that can say that. Oh, you make tools. You make me. tools, and you know exactly what you use them for and how they must feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, you've yes. got a good. Yeah, you've got a good point, and that's why I, I, I want to do it. I, and, I give, and give and it like, knives. To also give you a bit of credit, you also are enough of a blacksmith to know what should be easy and what should be difficult to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you are good enough that you can make all of the things you want to use yourself. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. to top quality, maybe not in an efficient way to actually mm. sell them long term, yeah. but you know enough that you can get going on all of this. And, yeah. and to make the crossover to a crossover about asking help. Ooh. You know enough blacksmiths, so if you have the idea and you make one, you can go up to those people and say, hey, how do I make it better or how do I make it faster? Uh, yeah, or, or, or can I hire you to make a few of those? And Yeah, no, no that's yeah. absolutely true. Um, you, you know, uh, I, I've, I've been having my business for three years. Um, yeah, probably yeah, like. Yeah, a, a little bit more. Um, I... At some point, I don't want to to sound like I'm bragging because that's absolutely not the case. But at some point, I probably had all the ideas, all the good ideas to develop my business, mm. and was like, "Yep, yeah, that's a good idea." Plus, talking with my wife, and she should maybe do this and that. But those ideas sometimes just go away because you don't have the time to dive into it and, and you get it. well I, I'll do that later when I've done this and this and the problems comes back to what I've kind of seen last week uh, that time is a real issue and yeah my kid was was uh, running this morning uh, they organized a thing at school they were running in a park so we went there because my wife was not working this morning so it was mm. really good to see my kid uh, running and when whilst we were waiting for the the, the run to start, uh, we talked a lot about that, what I needed to do in order to uh, develop the business, but also feel uh, happier. And the key is, I need a fucking schedule. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how? The question is, how you guys uh, keep doing what you what you are doing. Uh, on a regular basis, uh, are you? Do you have a schedule? Do you stick to it? Is it hard? Uh, how do you organize your week? Uh, yes, to all of the things. Okay. I also, I also, fre- yeah. that we forgot to mention, frequently ignore my schedule, even though I have it. Exactly. Uh, okay. That's also part. How, yeah. What does it, does it look like? Your schedule. Long story short, it's I. I plan out that I need a certain amount of hours, sort of actively working in the workshop. Mm-hmm. To uh, every single week to make enough product that I can live off of that selling those products. Okay. Uh, the thing that's always screws that over is time management when it comes to client work that needs to hit a deadline, mm-hmm. or when I don't have money and need to make some money f- uh, quicker. 
Yeah. So doing something I can turn over really fast, but mm -hmm. might not be an efficient way of doing it. Okay. Can't screw that over. Uh, but for me, it's I consistently take Mondays off, both to decompress after a weekend of teaching or markets, mm -hmm. and to catch up on housework and doing office stuff. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, uh, I wake up about eight. I spend about two hours do eating breakfast and doing office work. That's a fucking big breakfast that you have to eat. Every you have seen me eat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then I try to spend between, I go to the workshop by 10 about mm -hmm. and spend about six to eight hours in the shop. Okay. Depending on sort of if I got an evening schedule I need to get back to, mm -hmm. if I need to work late to finish things. Yeah. But I really, I try very hard to never work later than six, mm -hmm. simply because I know it will wear me out long term if yeah. I don't stick to something like that. And mm -hmm. that also means that when I could then get back home and decompress afterwards, I sort of procrastinate going to sleep and I get up later next morning and then everything goes fucked. That's a very good point, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's like the roughest outline of my day. Mm -hmm. uh, but also I, I often spend two hours in the evening at least doing office work after getting back from the forge. Yeah. Whenever I have the time for that. Yeah. That's like the roughest outline of my schedule. But also like I don't have proper lunch breaks. I snack during the day. So I'm when I'm into forge, I generally work those six, eight hours straight. So you're basically working five, six days a week, six to eight hours every week. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, every day. So uh, my average is, I think it's less than 60 hours a week now, luckily. But yeah, it's between good. 50 and 60. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We were considering that because I, I, I was telling my wife that uh, I have the tendency to want to enjoy her presence when she's not working in the morning. So yeah. we, we do stuff together. We go grocery shopping. We clean the house together. We just talk about stuff. Mm. Um, but I know that in my schedule, those hours, for her, it's kind of the necessary task that you have to do uh, in the house, but that, that's also chilling out, watching a movie, uh, just having a good time before yeah. going to work, right? But for me, it's time that is taken from my schedule, my working schedule, yes. because at 3, 3.30, it's gone. It's finished because I have to go fetch the kid at school. So mm. after that, it's very difficult for me to, to work till the end of the day, till I go to bed. I can have one or two hours in the evening, maybe depending on what time wife and kid go to bed uh, and if I'm, I'm worn out or not. Uh, yeah. But basically, I have to fit all my working hours from when I wake up till the time I go fetch the kid at school. Uh, no, no, yes, uh, ideally. But if I can flip that a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, let's say you want to aim for a comfortable work week of 35 hours. Yeah. You'll never get there. Trust me. <clears throat> yeah, no, sure. Yeah. But try to set up a schedule that says, okay, even a perfect world, this is how my day looks. That, yeah, that's what the description that we had this morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you currently have an idea of how a 35-hour work week looks like for you? For now, I, I don't think that would be feasible. Um, 
because of organization and and summer is here and and during summer the kid is is going to be all all day every day for the yeah month, but basically if you had a quote unquote normal job the kid would still be home but you would be at work exactly Ooh. yeah no you're you're absolutely yeah. right you you need to treat this as a proper job and not at not like something you do for fun so you can be near your kid when he is home you're absolutely right uh, now granted this, I, i perfectly understand why you want to spend every single moment with your kid yeah 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 that, but that's not that that's not only that um Yeah, no, that's mostly mostly it. I want to be yeah. with my kid. Yeah, and that's perfectly understandable, yeah. and it's yeah. a really good thing. Mm -hmm. But as you are saying, uh, that steals time away from your business. The, the thing is, and that that's also something very important for us, meaning my wife and I. Uh, my role in the family is mainly to take care of the kid. Yeah, because she has work. She's working a lot. Um, she's the one bringing back the money, and we are both fine with it. Mm -hmm. So, I think uh, that my business uh, is a no, no, okay. So, what? Yeah. So, what's your role of your business if she is already paying the bills, making as much money as I can? Why? To contribute to the 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 household. Well, do you need the money? Yeah. Okay, but do you need it enough that you want to sacrifice time with your kid? Just to get well, oh, really down into the minutia. No, 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 sure. But all the time that he's at school, yeah, I'm free. So yeah, I, I, I should mm -hmm. definitely use that time in order to make money. That's why I have a business. That's why I want to develop it, make it grow and yes. make more then, money. Then okay, the good, first good. step would be to calculate how much hour you actually have that is downtime yeah. and then go according by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. also choose your projects by doing that because this limits you in what you can do. Oh, I'm so dumb at choosing my my project my projects. I I always go for the fucking thing that's gonna take weeks or months and because that's what drives me, right? Yeah. I like, get that. And and I if I may interrupt you a little bit. Sure. It's the same for me. I really, really enjoy the problem solving of a big project. Yeah. And just only focusing on that. Yeah. Granted, my mind struggles with focusing like on something like that. Not for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Not because I struggle with the focusing part of it, but because I want to do other things. I talk to other people. I say yes to other jobs mm -hmm. that I think I can do in between. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not the way my, my brain works. Yeah. Uh, I, so I'm a, I'm a, my, if, if I may just finish up to sure, my sure, point. Sure. Uh, I realized that I should limit myself to one big project a year. Okay, yeah. Simply because that should make me able to guarantee a good result in a timely manner mm -hmm. for that customer mm -hmm. without interfering with all the other things I want to do and produce and all the other things I need to produce for the website and for the markets I'm already doing. But what happens if you have a second customer with a big project that, and that pays really well? I you tell would... them to wait, or I ask them to pay a premium for me to push everything else aside. Okay. So that, I mean, it's a it is a strategy in there. Mm -hmm. One is I'm selling to the customer. I'm asking the customer, "When do you need this by?" Yeah. I am kind of busy. Yeah. Like you, I'm doing a traditional craft. Mm -hmm. Granted, 
I'm getting into doing things more and more with machinery that saves me time. Yeah. But you're not coming to me because you want it quickest and cheapest. Yeah, yeah. If that's what you want, then go to someone else. Yeah. And I have no problem telling people that because I already have a lot of things to do. Yeah, I did that so, months ago as well. Yeah. And it feels kind of good. Also, when it comes to like, this isn't really a job I want to do. Yeah. Or maybe it's like, it's, I mean, they have a limiting budget, it does, which makes it not fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to weld railings or staircases or anything like that. Mm. Or even just repair old broken things all the time. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, if it's proper old and I can do that with traditional techniques, then it's fun, then it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's just going to town with a MIG welder and an angle grinder, then it's like, no, someone else can fucking do that. Yeah. So that's why I tell my customers that, no, I have time to do this in a year's time. Or whenever, or six months usually is what I tell, three to six months is usually what I tell them. At the moment, I think I'm fully booked until February. That's and that's a, yeah, just yeah, with that's the jobs I have right now and with the classes I'm going to teach and producing enough stuff for the markets leading up to Christmas. Yeah. And then I'll probably need at least two months after that to produce stock for the summer again. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I can say yes to a couple of smaller jobs that comes in and I do maybe one of those, maybe two of those a month as well. Yeah. But it's uh, having some kind of roadmap to say like, this is what time I have available. This is the things I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is the things that makes me money. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you just need to start dividing up how your schedule actually looks. For me, it's one day of office work, two day of client work and two days of production work. In addition to that, often it will be two days of either classes or markets. Mm-hmm. That's my week that I aim to have. Okay. Yeah. It never works out like that, but that's like the ideal of it. That's yeah, how I divide to, up my time. Yeah, you have to, to have a frame or an ideal schedule, you know, to make yeah. it kind of work at least. So, yes. Yeah, that's good. And that's okay. also because, I mean, it's not a good way of doing it. I should be more specialized if I really want to make money. Mm. Mm-hmm. I should be more narrow focused and more dedicated and maybe say like this month is client work yeah. and this month is production work so yeah. that I can much more set up the forge for the tooling and the processes I'm going to use for that period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it gets I don't monotonous. Yeah, but I don't want to. Yeah. I think that's a very, I mean, I hope that people listening to that find this conversation interesting because Raz, you are you are successful in your business. You are making uh, a doesn't feel like it to me, but thank you. No, but uh, for sure you're working a lot, and you are not super rich, but you are living from it. Yeah, I'm in the and and Jan is starting something. He's, he's at the very early stage of creating his his own business, mm. right? And I'm kind of in the middle. I I'm mm. I'm doing it, but not full time. So it's it and it it worked for. A certain amount of, of time and less now. So I hope this conversation, like this candid conversation between the three of us, is interesting for the people that are considering creating their own, own business or a side business uh, and, and just selling stuff that they are they are making. Uh, because we are kind of representing all the different stages of this development. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, dude, yeah. The, fa- the family father, there's Completely self-employed one, and the uh, the guy that works a full-time job, and that's the other thing yeah. on the side. Um, and I think it is 
really interesting on how you both differently approach it with like the time schedule. Right, I to that, totally get you. You treat yours like a nine to five job, or well, let's I say per, per, let's say a, the, a, 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 seven, a seven to eight job or something like that. Yeah. Um, the the way I do it is now with the camera straps. I set myself an amount per week mm-hmm. that I want to do, and I say five straps per week. This is basically one per working day to give the weekends. Mm-hmm. I have three this week, and it doesn't matter if I do like three on Monday one on Wednesday, but it's just like at the end of the week, like by Sunday, I want to have five straps that I made this week. And I basically, that means that tomorrow evening or tomorrow afternoon, when I get back from work, I'll probably sit down or I'm going to be at the home office tomorrow. Then I'm doing lunchtime. I'm going to try to at least start a strap to, to finish that one because I've not been to the point where I'm really fast and efficient at it. So it takes a while. I did a lot of prep work last weekend. So I prepared a ton of the, the leather for it. Um, still, I'm, it takes about an hour per strap at the moment. Yeah. And this is I just time I, I know that in my head and I'm going to get faster at it. So I hope to push it down to like half an hour to 45 minutes, probably going to be realistic to keep up yeah. the quality that I want to do. Yeah. And I know that and the goal is five straps. At the same point, it's like, yes, even if I start selling them and I could sell more, I'm not going to try to push that higher than that. Mm-hmm. I'm now using doing the different colors to see how they're going to sell. And if I have one, like probably there's going to be some that won't sell at all. And there's other ones that hopefully going to sell. And I'm just going to take a look at it and I'm going to reproduce the one. And I'm like concentrate a little bit more on those and try to keep a certain stock. But if I'm out, I'm out. Just as yeah. sold out on the homepage. I'm not going to sit down and make another extra three or four. <clears throat> I'm not going to be that greedy because this is going to take away from my personal time. And this is more worth to me because I'm already working a full-time job than anything mm. else. It might change at some point, but not right now. Two things about, about what you just said, and I think that's very smart. I remember the, the time where um, it was just, just um, a hobby for me, when I'm making was just a hobby. I... I had absolutely no pressure um, because I knew that my day job would pay for the bills so I could only enjoy what I was doing and how I was doing it without thinking about um, how long it would take for me to, to make it, to do it. Hence the, the leather armor that, that I made from Skyrim, the 19-year armor that probably took me three months to build, whereas in two weeks it should have been done. Uh, from a like now perspective, um, but what I find very interesting in what you said, Jan, is that you you have a goal. Uh, you have you are aiming for three straps or five straps a week, and when when they are done, they are done, and you can enjoy the rest of your week because you reach your goal. And it it's a small step in your business building um, that is not too stressful because you don't need to add stress to your life because, as you said, you have a day job and, and so it is stressful, whatever mm-hmm. people say. Um, but having these small goals, like your goal is to build your brand, build your, your business and breaking it down into small, yeah, goals, steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but like is, is always building blocks, good. I almost like to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a very good point. Yes, you, you build the thing 
with your building block one would be i'm gonna work that many hours on my thing that i'm, I'm gonna make those projects that many for this week then build my website then build my Etsy shop then see what setting and then add a second layer of the blocks like and now i have the knowledge that those are setting that it's taking me that amount of time and and doing this math is thinking about the product how it it shows and, and how it sells uh is, is something that i need to do more as well yeah yeah i think i mean for you now red i think it would be really smart to first figure out how much time do you realistically have mm -hmm. maybe slightly optimistically have yeah uh no conservatively that's the way i want to say it yeah mm -hmm. yeah like what's the actual hours you think fairly that you're fairly certain that you consistently have every single week to spend on your business yeah you know that you can't make money if you're not producing something mm -hmm. but you also have the teaching thing in between mm -hmm. and you need to spend there's a lot of office hours that it takes to get the products you want out there to people and to just mm -hmm. make a roadmap like we're talking about now yeah, yeah. to figure cool. out what you actually want to do and how you want to spend your time. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think you mentioned, or I, I think I interrupted before you got far enough into saying like how deep that conversation with your wife got. Mm -hmm. But I mean, extrapolate on that. I, mean, I know she's supporting you in an yeah. immense way. Yeah. And I also know that you want to make this such a big thing that she doesn't need to work as hard. If, yeah. Uh, at least I would like to make enough money for her to just uh, have some slack. Like, yeah. Work less. So In an for, ideal world, mm -hmm. I would sell so much that I would be, be the only one to, to work so she can yeah. take care of the kid and have a real break and enjoy being with him. Because I, I know that for her, it's also difficult to not mm. spend time with the kid as much as I'm doing now or I, I do now uh, so a small counterpoint then maybe I mean yeah let's, let's aim for the fact that you become the leatherworking superstar that you want to be no I don't I, I absolutely don't want the fame or being a superstar I, I just want I, I know, I know. shut up oh. <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, that's something very import important because there is this distinction and that's also probably why I'm failing at all the social media thingy, I I don't want to put myself forward. I don't want to be a big YouTube star. I don't want uh, that people watch my video for me, which is probably the fucking mistake there. Absolutely. I, want, I mean, they're missing yeah. out on you. Yeah, but I want I want the thing that I do that I make to be to be the the the, the star of the video. I don't like this phrasing, but. It it has it should be the the. Oh, they watch it. What's important? They watch it for what you do, but they come back for the crumpy French. Yes. <laughs> cool. Yes, yes. That's why they are not coming back anymore. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we didn't say that, but no, but no. It, 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 yeah. The thing is, I don't want to be famous. That's not the point. But I want to be successful at what I'm at what I'm doing. That's why I started okay. making videos without showing my face. Maybe rephrase that. Uh, you want to be trustworthy. Yeah. And you want to be recognized as an authority of leatherworking. Yeah. So that people trust to work you deliver. 
Yeah. That is a hell of a lot easier to achieve by explaining your process and teaching it to other people. Yeah. Uh, that is something I am growing to realize that there's more and more people looking to me for advice in blacksmithing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I've just done it 10 years. I, I don't even have an apprenticeship or journeymanship or anything. Yeah, but doing it 10 years is a hell of a long time. When yeah, but I have only done like this little bit for a long time. I haven't done a lot of different things. Yeah, but what but, you've done for 10 years, you yeah, know. No, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know. I'm, you, I'm, prob- I'm, you climbed out of the cradle and took up a hammer. <laughs> Something like it, yes. Uh, no, but it's the thing of I've have, I recognize the fact that people look to me. Mm-hmm. I recognize the fact that I have some information I can give them. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we have this exchange makes me maybe not an authority figure, but someone who is recognized for the craft I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, emotionally, I am not able to fully accept all of that. It doesn't feel like I'm doing anything special, mm-hmm. but I am selling more and more year by year. Yeah. And there's more and more people who seems to come and ask me for advice on things. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, in that aspect, if you want to just live off making leatherworking stuff, mm-hmm. then uh, teaching it to other people will make that easier to sell. Yeah. And for people who just want to buy and want to and just value handcrafted things, yeah, having someone where they can see like, oh, here's the thing. But these five look nearly identical. What's going on? And then they see the video of you making them. Mm-hmm. And you are good enough to make them nearly identical. Mm-hmm. That's why I started making YouTube videos, like yeah. tutorials to show, like to share the process and the skill mm-hmm. that I have, but also to teach people and to see that. Yeah. Hey, so, so hard, yeah. Shift the focus then. I mean, mm-hmm. it, we know it's not about you becoming famous. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an uh, accidental side effect if you do this well. Yeah. You want to teach. Yeah. So teach and let the teaching be what is marketing your products. Fo- focus on that. I will. <laughs> I totally will. You have a lot of homework now, Red. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It, it, it's, I don't want to say enlightening, but it, it's very profitable. And I, I will definitely yeah. try to. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can pick that topic up in a couple of weeks or months from now and just go over it in a year and see where it goes <laughs> in a year just oh no but yeah you say that because you know nobody of us is going to remember that oh yeah it's, it's got no, right notion remembers worry. we don't <laughs> what's your focus guys can i start quickly well, sure. I, I, yes, of course, but why the fuck do you ask Austin? <laughs> no, I went, when, when I asked the question, I was like, no, fuck, I, I have the page open. I should definitely. Yeah, start. yeah, go on, then, um, go on. <laughs> I stumbled upon um, a, a, an Instagram account uh, of a lady. Uh, I don't want to say her name wrong. Her name is Romina, I think, Romina. And the account name is Rahega, I think. So R A A H E G G A. Yeah, we'll put the link. Um, <laughs> she's a costume creator. She she hmm. she's a cosplayer, and damn, she's good. Uh, yes. Her work is absolutely oh. stunning. And uh, for you guys, I'm I'm going to send you a link for. Uh, it, it was the the first picture that I saw of her, and I was like, damn. That that's really cool. Um, plus, it really looks like leather oh, or wood. Yeah. Well, it's not. 
That's, um, that's, oh, that's, wow. that's wicked. Yeah, so she's absolutely uh, hell. Yeah. freaking talented. And she has a, a cosplay with white wings that are just incredible. Yeah, um, I found that one as well. Yeah, the, everything that she does, I like. Uh, I, I could even say I love. Uh, she's absolutely stunning. Um, so yeah, if you are into cosplay or just enjoy beautiful unmade uh, costume like from movies and video games, you, I'm sure you would enjoy uh, this account. Again, yeah. Rahaiga uh, on Instagram. We'll put a link everywhere because that she's she's very talented. Yes, that is someone I'm now following. Good. Can I go next? Go ahead. Okay. I stumbled upon a video journalist called Cleo Ab- Abraham. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Ab- Abram. Sorry, Abram, not Abraham. Abram. Cleo Abram. A video journalist who uh, basically pictures herself as being a optimistic tech explainer. Okay. And she has a really, really good insight into a hell of a lot of different technologies that she's talking about. Okay. And she's she is trying to tell you the good parts and the optimistic side of these things. Mm-hmm. But she's also acknowledging the dangers, the drawbacks, the potential potential downsides to all of this. Okay. One of the first that really shook me up was the big lie about nuclear waste. Yeah. Okay. And Long story short, the U.S. had a reactor running for 30 years that it mm-hmm. shut down in 1994 mm-hmm. that was running off the nuclear waste of other reactors. Holy fuck. Really? And the U.S. currently has enough radioactive waste or uh, nuclear waste products from other reactors that they could power the entire country for 150 years. <laughs> <laughs> With the current technology. The yeah. problem is it's slightly too expensive at the moment. And, uh, of course it is. But imagine that. Suddenly you don't have million-year-old nuclear waste you need to get rid of. Mm. You have a hundred-year-old nuclear waste. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole other ballpark when it comes to all the tiny bits crashing together energy thing. Yeah. That is true. So yeah. Uh, he has a lot of really, really cute cool videos that are worth looking into. Especially if you want to look at the future and not be sad. I mm-hmm. think it's a good one for you to yeah. give Definitely. a minute. Yeah, great. And the child is not that old. It's only one year old. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy part. Some of these YouTubers that are coming in now. or I mean, one thing I'd love that YouTube is giving us is video journalists that is able to do solid research and spending time delving into issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. used to use, we used to have that in newspapers. And I love yeah. the fact that they, they still exist, but they are now on YouTube instead. Yeah. yeah that is true. That's right. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um for me it's a pretty lighthearted one. Um also something I find really interesting. I like to watch Let's Plays and also of course City Builders. Mm-hmm. And I started watching a guy that, or the channel is City Planner Plays. And what I love about it is um, he plays, um, oh, what's it called? 
No, I'm missing the game. Uh, not Sim City, but City Skylines. City Skylines? Yes, yeah. and he is a city planner, so he plays like, it with the eyes of a city planner. Ooh, which right. is really interesting because the way he builds up, he names streets and he explains how it like works in the real world and why they do and why they make those decisions. And uh, I think one of the series he's like building up a city. He's at episode one hundred and thirty-four or something. He calls it Verde Beach, and he's just building the city up like block for block and then he says it's like well now we're gonna demolish this in real life that also happens but it takes two to three years to get the people out of their houses to be able to do that oh wow <laughs> but also yeah he explains like all that and how he keeps um traffic out of um like pedestrian area yeah more pedestrian areas more like living zones how they zone it um what is common, like a little bit of background and history to it. So it's really interesting to um, to watch. He's also uh, pretty laid back. So it's not that super high energy, but just the explaining manner, but lighthearted. Um, and I, I loved watching that. Like I usually watch my one or two episodes in the evening. They go about half an hour. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you sure? The only episodes I see seem to be running at nearly an hour. No, um, most the, the, I see. The, the city planner plays the Verde Beach I've watched so far. Like, if you start the playlist at one, yeah, they're okay. like at 34, 35 minutes, at least at the moment. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, never mind. There seems to be a fair bit of everything in length. Okay. I, I, guess, or I guess it depends on the game. I'll hey, shut up now. Uh, yeah, I Sorry. think he usually has like a step or a certain, um, like, he has a plan for the what he wants to do in a certain episode, and then he just follows through with it. So they're not always like strictly cut at half an hour. I think yeah. one was twenty-seven, the other one was like thirty-four, thirty-five, something like that. I, I'm I'm recognizing that this is a game that is very dangerous, uh, both a game but also a YouTube channel that is very dangerous for me to start to watch because I will want to first binge everything and then play everything. <laughs> yeah, and City Skyline is a phenomenal game, and it's also uh, now yeah. approaching the second one, City Skylines Two. Coming out. Not as good as yeah. Skyrim. <laughs> or Elden Ring. Different. <laughs> Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Where can people find us? No, right. any last little tiddly bits first? No. Where can people find us? Right. Well, okay, if you want to do some friendly stalking, you can do that at two thirds focused. And please do let us know how you discovered us if you if you did and then are not wrangled into listening by threat, threat of violence from one of us personally. And where so. you live, we want to also, I want to also know where you live. Yeah, and also your bank, your social security. No, 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 no just bank. the country, <laughs> like with people in Iceland and the remote yeah, places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found that amazing that people are... Don't ruin I, my joke. It was yeah. getting funny. But uh, send I, also, I think. also send the bank account number. <laughs> uh, and if you want to get a hold of me you can do that at Rasmus Lewin and lewinsmed.no especially if you now want a hand-thrown ceramic mug yeah, or tankard and tankard for beer yes well uh, liquids in general I think liquids okay and you can find me at the Rasmus or Rasmus everywhere on the internet more specifically at therasmus.com that will soon be renewed Ooh, yay and you can find me at nerdinventor.com with links to most of the social or just Jan Maxwell on Instagram and YouTube. Wonderful. Cool. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Thank Have you. Bye-bye.